G'day, how you going? This is uh, Dirk from Sumo's Projects. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube and also Instagram and on my Facebook page. Uh, but welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the show that's all about the community and every aspect of DIY making and woodworking. So um, hope you enjoyed this uh, week's content and uh, joining me as always will be the one and only Chris Zurich. G'day, Dirk. Yeah, um, another episode uh, of Measure Twice, Cut Once. Um, I'm Chris from uh, Built by Chris. You can find me on uh, YouTube. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm still learning how to use um, Reddit, uh, but I'm having trouble with that. But, uh, yeah, here we are for a second episode and um, see how we go. Uh, Dirk, what do you got uh, in mind for us today? Yeah, Chris, mate, I'm... Uh... <laughs> I've actually been really busy just trying to get this channel up and running. So I've uh, been paying a little bit of uh, attention and putting a bit of emphasis on uh, trying to do a bit of uh, promotion for the new show, the new channel. And um, it, it takes a little bit of work. And I think in the future, we're going to probably cover the subject of uh, the, the amount of time it does to take to set up a, a video and um, put that forward. And, you know, then you have to do all the other cross promotional work, but, Apart from that, Chris, I've, um, I've been working on a clamp rack and um, uh, so on my new tool well, which you, you've seen, um, I've been sort of just working around, um, you know, setting that up now. I had a, I had a nice uh, sort of, what do you call it, a, a set of, um, not shells, but things, uh, things that look like shells, they had a, uh, no backing, so... That was in our bedroom, and I took that out to the garage, and I put that on the new tool wall, and I fixed it to that. And above that is where my clamp rack is going. So uh, had to had to wait a little while. I had a little bit of a stuff up with an order on uh, some Torcutta clamps. <laughs> I told you all about that one. Um, yeah, I bet that one. Yeah, so I ordered clamps, and I ended up getting dust hose, which uh, doesn't quite do the same job. But um, really, never mind. Um, Look, one of the one of the uh, next projects I have to really tackle is I want to make some bedside tables. Um, so getting back into making a few type of uh, you know furniture pro projects again, uh, and I, I collect. I get. A, I'm subscribed to Australian Woodsmith, so um, basically I want to uh, replicate a few of the uh, projects in that because there's some ripper projects, and so that's where basically what I've been up to, Chris. Um, how about your good self? Um, I've been working, just working, a bit of overtime at work lately. Um, so unfortunately that eats in my time in my workshop, but every chance I get, I get out there and, uh, and I've been doing some, I've got some, um, cupboards, some metal cupboards that I got from, um, from work. I was just going to toss them out and I, I grabbed them. Um, but the problem I've got with them is, um, when you when you they hold a lot of stuff, but you, you just can't. Uh, you, it just it's not efficient, is what I'm trying to say. It's not a very efficient way to, to store stuff. So I've been making drawers and um, um, adjustable shelves and everything for those, and that's been taking up a, a lot of my time. Um, I know you've been doing uh, a lot of work promoting this channel. I've seen it all over Facebook. I've seen it everywhere. So yeah, kudos to you, mate. You're doing a top job. Um, we just wanted to see. And, you know, I reckon this channel will work out pretty well for us. Um, one of my next projects that I'm looking at doing 
is um, I'm, I'm getting more and more camera gear all the time. And, um, and I want the, the camera stand that I've made, I want to sort of extend that a little bit so that it's, it's um, uh, I can use it. It's, it's more user friendly and, uh, and I can, I can put a few more things on it as well. So that's, that's the next project that I've got lined up after the, uh, the cupboards, of course. Yeah, and it's look. There's always something to do, and it, it's finding the balance between uh, the actual project, commencing that, and uh, putting a timeline on it. And then there's also, as I mentioned, the aspect of um, the whole thing of filming, because we we tend to film most of the things that we're working on. So, um, and yeah, what I was trying to allude before the uh, thing that I put out in the shed from the bedroom was like a cubby of you know just. Uh, different segmented type holes where you could fit stuff and all my drills, my cordless equipment goes into that perfectly. So that was a win-win uh, and um, I'm quite happy with that. But um, yeah, getting back, I, I did, you showed me a little bit of the, uh, what you were working on with the uh, metal shelves from your work and uh, I think it's a great idea. The, the whole system there is, um, it, it's going to be beneficial rather than just having dead space and I, I think that's what yeah. we're finding out. Uh, to fulfil spacing uh, is is important. No, that's right. You know, you, there's a lot of a lot of dead space in that that uh, that cupboard. I mean, you put everything on the bottom of the of the, um, the little cubby in there, and you've got all this space above it that you're just not using. So um, that's where my, my drawers and uh, my shelves are coming in, uh, and that's it's going to be. Uh, I reckon it's going to work out really well. And it was your idea, Dirk. So I'm going with uh, with your idea. Occasionally, I have one. <laughs> and the good thing about working in the workshop, Dirk, is um, you get to use all your tools and everything. You get to play with all your toys. Um, which leads me to the question, Dirk. But what's your favourite tool or machine? Geez, Chris, uh, good. that's a great question and that's the sort of question every woodworker would pose to another woodworker or DIY. Um, look, I have several. Uh, I'm not sort of prejudice, prejudiced towards one machine. Uh, and as I'm learning by uh, making more jigs up, I, I find that some of the machines are becoming more adaptable to uh, do different processes. But um, I, I think like a lot of people, I would say at the heart of it, is always your table saw. Now, what the table saw offers is uh, not just the ability to cross cut and uh, rip stuff. Um, it also allows you to make a, a whole raft of jigs, um, like a, a table saw sled. Um, you know, you can make 10 inning jigs, you can make all sorts of jigs, which uh, fulfill a function um, in, in the whole process of the projects you're working on. So if you sort of, um, looking to do joinery where, you know, you've got to cut out certain sections and um, you want to join another bit of wood that you also machine on your table saw, you, you, you can do that, or tenons and, uh, you know, all that sort of thing, half laps. Um, so that's, that's it's, it's a really versatile all-rounder, the table saw. Um, and I'm, I'm exploring my options there as I'm going along. So I started late on making uh, things for the table saw. But I think it's it's a, it's a really the beast, the heartbeat of the uh, workshop, and you know they, they can come in as as a cheap item, or you can pay up to I, I don't know six seven 
ten thousand dollars for them. But you know, I'm sort of at the lower range. Uh, I've got a cabinet saw and I love it. So, um, secondly, I would say my miter saw. I put that on the ones I'm going to mention here today, Chris. They're equivalent. So the miter saw that's uh, set up on the miter saw station is practically as versatile as a table saw, but it, it, it's sort of limited to the capability. So, you know, you, you may be able to cut uh, things down to about 300 mil or just a bit less. And, um, you know, you can do mitered cuts, you can do beveled cuts. Uh, so that's all part and parcel and interesting. And you can also do a lot of trenching work just with that, you know, if you set it up right and you have, have your, a little bit of feedback out from your fence, uh, it allows you to cut grooves or trenches. And so it's, it's a great all-rounder in that regard. Uh, the third most equal uh, machine I absolutely love, it was actually the second thing I purchased uh, all the way from the United States because I wasn't aware of woodworking shops uh, years and years ago. So it's my Craig Router table. I um, recently did a video on my YouTube channel about the uh, Craig Router table, the setup, and a little bit of discussion what router to mount under it. And um, it, it's, it, it, to me, it's, it's something I use with every project. And once again, it allows you to do uh, rabbits, dados, or rebates uh, and grooves, and also the, the the profile finishing, which is very important, you know, because it's um, it's actually that touch which can lead to a, a saleable item where people go, "Wow, that just looks, you know, fantastic! How did you do it?" And you just say, "Oh, well, you know, a bit of magic, you know, that <laughs> it just happened." So, in in a nutshell, I, I like these three machines because they give so much. Uh, back to the um you know the amount of work you can achieve uh, practically you could do everything with these machines you know and um i'm, I'm yeah they're my go-to chris so and i'm really keen to hear what you've got to say on this matter well yeah um and i'm really keen to tell you dirk um those machines that you mentioned they can um you're saying that they're your go-to machines they can be the most expensive tools that you've got in your workshop as well they're, they're a big outlay um yep. now I'm, I'm probably gonna hit on with uh the three probably three of the same um my table saw is my the centerpiece of my workshop it um it does every time i've got a project uh it is always involved um, i always involve my uh, my table saw and like yourself um I, it took a long time for me to um, to get into the jig market, so to speak, uh, and I made myself a table saw sled, and um, and you got your tenoning jigs, and um, and you can also make the box joint jigs as well. I happen to have um, the Incra box joint jig that um, that rides on my uh, Sherwood uh, table saw, and it's a great thing. I mean, I've I've used it um, not as often as I would have liked to. Um, <laughs> But it's a good jig to have, you know. Like I've spent, it's, as you can imagine, the box joint jig from from Incra is, uh, it's not cheap, um, but it, it does the job really, really well. Once you've dialed it in, it's 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 perfect, and I've used it a few times. Um, the second tool that I really like using is again, I've you know I've just purchased, as you know, the uh, the Bosch miter saw, the uh, the glide one is the exact same one that you've got. And uh, the only reason I changed from the DeWalt one that I had to the uh, the Bosch one is I'm going to be redoing my whole workshop, and and I wanted a um, a miter saw that I could put up against a wall. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't do that with the um, DeWalt. I had to allow quite a fair bit behind it, 
for the, the slider. The Bosch overcomes all of that, and then I can put it right up against the wall, and it's it doesn't take up much room at all. Now, in terms of accuracy and um, and capability, uh, it's I put it on par with the Dewalt one. There's a few bits and pieces uh, that I really liked on the Dewalt that don't come on the uh, on the Bosch one, and one of the main ones is the uh, the shadow that the um, uh, that the that the lights uh, throw on the blade, so you know exactly where you're cutting. Now, in my estimation, that is the best thing I've ever seen. I've got the lasers on the Bosch, and it's it's taking me a little time to get used to exactly where to position on the cut line, if you know what I mean. Whereas on the DeWalt, I knew straight away, bang, this is where it's cutting, away you go. So um, in that respect, I, I, um, I miss that part of the DeWalt one, but the Bosch one is really, really good. Now, my third tool is far and away... The most expensive thing I've bought, and uh, you can probably guess which one I'm going to say. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. The the Festool Domino. There you go. Now that thing cost me an arm and a leg, literally an arm and a leg. And um, but when it comes to accuracy, when it comes to be, being able to join two pieces of wood together to make a cabinet, the thing is, it's without peer. It's um, it's worth every penny that I spent on it. it was, it's just a, a great machine to have. And Festool, as we all know, Festool um, only make really, really good machines. The, the unfortunate thing about them is they're really expensive. Um, if I wanted to buy, um, say, the, the Capex um, Midasaur, uh, I would probably have to sell one of my grandkids to be able to afford that. And I don't really want to do that because I love my grandkids, but... Um, if I ever won Tats Lotto, I would um, most likely throw out everything else I've got and just fill it with Festool. Um, but the Domino is a great machine. It is really, really, really a great machine, and uh, and it's helped me. And it's it's uh, the one the one term that I like to use a lot is it's idiot proof. Anybody can use it. It is very accurate and very easy to use. So, like I said, worth every penny. That's 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 yeah. cool and. Uh... Yeah, like, you know, you're looking at, I used to view them as an elitist tool, the Pest Tool range, but I, I, I certainly understand and um, it it's becomes one of those one-time purchases, you know, where uh, the quality is that high, the engineering um, is phenomenal and accuracy-wise, you know, it, it, it just out of a box, you know it's not going to let you down because they would then just replace it automatically. Um so the one thing that, that, that I um, that I want to mention about the Festool is um, they're, they're German made and um, and without a doubt the Germans make the best tools I mean you look at the Bosch range you look at Festool um, I, I'm, I know there's another one I can't remember it off the top of my head um, but they're the Festool the, the, the only the only tool that is only allowed to be made in Germany they they don't um, they don't subcontract it out anywhere else. Like take for example my uh, my Dewalt range. Um, any I can pick up any tool in my Dewalt range, and one will be either be made in uh, Thailand, one will be made in Czechoslovakia, one will be made in Japan, some will be made in the United States. They're made everywhere, mm. you know. And and I think quality suffers a little bit when that happens. Festival, on the other hand, said, "No, nah, we're just going to make it all in Germany. That's it." And the quality that's coming out of there is, is second to none. It really is. 
Sorry. And, and, no, you're right. You're right. Um, when you when you so I think um, after this COVID pandemic, it's it's going to be interesting to see if uh, uh, countries want to go back into manufacturing a lot of things themselves. You know, say the branded products that we know um, are they going to be perhaps more so made componentry wise in the country of origin? You know, which is a discussion for another time, but. Um, when you mentioned about uh, you'd have to sell your grandson, it just made me think of a joke. Sorry, mate. When the lady come knocking at Murphy's door and she said, I'm here to collect for the orphanage. And Murphy said, well, you can have my three kids. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, to. <laughs> I'm going on with it a bit too much here. Um, now, oh, sorry. Yeah. The... Uh, other type of tools I like to use, I suppose, Chris, I always go for the drills, the cordless drills, which is the, you know, the cordless drill driver and the impact driver. And they're brilliant. I just, you couldn't live without them. You can do just about most things in a DIY capability uh, using these type of uh, the, dr the drills. They're brilliant. And, you know, and, and, and basic joinery, you can get away with a biscuit jointer and using biscuits or dowels. So, but and mm. I'm not a hand tool woodworker, but I I find incredible just to have a say a Phillips head screwdriver on hand, and or um, a set of chisels be them cheap. You know they they get you out of a bind. You can if you keep them relatively sharp, you can sort of you know clean up surfaces. Um, and then then there's our sanding equipment, orbital sander. So they're, they're just some of the things I, I believe. Uh, just a necessity, you know. If you don't have a big budget, you don't need that table saw. You can get away with a small chop saw and some of these other tools, uh, and that that leads to, you know, a great outcome as well. I've seen it. Of you know, people work with pallet wood, and, they, and they've created something that's spectacular. It's just uh, you watch like Dana design. You know, he's, he just rips pallets apart. And at the end of the video, you're going, that's 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 phenomenal workmanship. What he did, the end result. So. What are your, some of your other hand tools you go to? Well, I was just thinking, when, when you were saying that, um, I was just thinking, you go back, let, let's say, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, I mean, obviously before um, we started doing this, but no one knew what a, a nail gun was or um, or a miter saw or anything. Everything was done by hand, you know, and uh, and a lot of the houses that were built back then were, were all done by hand, Ham, hammer and nail, hammer and nail. Or a handsaw, and they're still standing today. So it's testament to the um, to the workmanship. Now, like you, I'd be lost without my drill, without my drill, my cordless drill. I'd be lost without my impact driver. I'd be lost without, you know, th those sorts of tools. I, I do have a set of um, a set of chisels, German chisels. They are um, they're really really nice. They're really sharp. I keep them um, I keep them really nicely tuned up, um, and I use them all not not as often as I would have liked. Um, I would like to get into um, uh, using hand tools a lot, like planes. I, I inherited a couple of planes from uh, an old, a very old friend of mine, and I'd love to be able to start using those. Look, Cuffy, you take Cuffy for example. He uses his planes all the time, um, and the, the work he's producing is spectacular, to say the least. Um, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, if I was half the woodworker the Cuffy is, I'd be a damn good woodworker. But um, mm. I, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm quite happy to use my, my power tools and um, and create the... I, I don't know if I'll ever be um, a fine woodworker, a fine furniture maker or anything like that. I don't know whether I've got the patience. I know I don't have the skill for it at the moment, but I don't know if I've got the patience for it. But, uh, yeah, those tools that I have, um, I'm quite happy to use those. <clears throat> Excuse me, Chris, I have a blowfly in my throat. Um, Was I think it nice? Be, uh, <coughs> it's not bad. This time of year, they're a bit, a bit hard. Okay. Um, I think we'd be uh, buffoons to say we couldn't do any project without a measuring tape. How else are we going to measure twice and cut once? Exactly right. You know what? You nailed it there. That's a good yeah. one. I nailed it. I see what you did there. <laughs> but but isn't it isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Because I know I know I have I've got at least a dozen tape measures at home or in my workshop, and I'm always looking for one when I'm doing something. I know I'll put it down, but it's never where I left it. It's like a pencil, you know. You you, you mark something, you put the pencil down, and then you go back and it's gone. You don't know where it's gone. So I reckon yeah. there's gremlins in the workshop. Dirt, there are. Think? Oh, they, they, they're always testing us. Uh, I've yet to catch one. I've set bait, but I don't catch them. They're smarter than that. I think they're smarter than that. But Definitely. But now we've got to talk about the most important thing, shop safety. safety. Yeah, you're right, Chris. Uh, safety is uh, if you don't if you don't have an awareness for anything to do with safety, do not enter any workshop environment because just stepping into a workshop environment, uh, it's not just a matter of trying to use a machine, but it's to have uh, like a, a visual of where you're walking because there's there's things that are sharp that are hanging out and. You know, first and foremost, it, it can be something that, yeah, uh, the, the spinning blades uh, and things that are going, you know, you just have to be so aware. So that's the initial thing to have a visual. Um, I, I put into play the thing is if I'm too tired, I'm not going to do any work on any machines. And that, that sort of factors in, but takes out me going into the workshop after work sometime, which... You know, you really want to all day. You, you have work, and you go. I just can't wait to get home, and I want to get in the workshop. And you know, it just there's no allowance for it. So <clears throat> have a have a have an awareness of how you feel, and you know, just your general environment. But you know, then we look at things like uh, hearing protection, um, wearing gloves where you need to wear gloves, and also safety specs. So Chris, you know, I suppose we can all sometimes forget to put them on, but. You know, we, we do learn uh, something when something can go wrong as well. Yeah, no, you're right, Dirk. Um, exactly right. Um, the other thing that I would add to that is uh, you'd, you'd want to let all your friends know that if they're going to pop over and they know you're working in your workshop, not to just yep. jump in and go, G'day, how are you going? Because you might be halfway through a cut or something like that and you're not expecting anyone to say, you know, to, to come in and, and, and say hello. And that's probably a time when you could lose a thumb, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, good. All good. Good salient points. But um, spatial. It's it's the, the thing. Of, I think they call it spatial awareness. That um, you're aware about your surroundings. You know what you've got in there. 
Um, and and you've covered the other topic, uh, tiredness, you know, if you're too tired. Now, I just recently we've been working a lot of 12-hour shifts at work and like yourself, you know, once I finish work, I want to just get home and get into the workshop. But um, after 12 hours, you walk in there, your eyes are hanging out of your head, you know, and that's the, the last thing you want to do is, you know, start cutting um, a sheet of plywood, you know, and and, and just lose lose concentration. And all, it, all it takes is a split second. And um, and you and you're done. So um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the big topics that we got to have to really um, sort of ram home is, is is safety and your PPE. Like you again, you you mentioned it, PPE, safety glasses. I'm not wearing my specs because they reflect at the moment. Um, ear, ear protection and masks. You know, if if you if you're cutting MDF and that sort of stuff, the stuff you, you don't want to be inhaling that that. Um, the dust out of that because that's that's very harmful but uh and and i think we're all um we're all guilty of um sometimes not not looking after ourselves in the workshop i'm just going to make a quick cut i won't have to put on you know the the uh ear protection on or anything like that i'm just going to do a quick cut and that's that's invariably when accidents happen you know Dirk. so um i don't know if you want to add any more to that i, I do chris because i i think too is um the general tidiness of your workshop and as you said i've been guilty you you can see on my videos I, I sometimes do have a mess and that that sort of it's not an excuse what i'm going to say next is because we're making videos and we're on the move so you know we're trying to set up for the next shot and um you know trying to calculate what we're going to say uh the camera angle and all that sort of stuff but you know i think now i'm at the stage i've got my workshop spaced out so i'm looking to uh not have that issue arise as, as frequently so uh, basically keeping it somewhat clean and, and when you get the workflow organization as you know uh it becomes so much easier to tidy up you know if you've got a clamp rack you just put the clamp back when you don't have it they all land somewhere and we don't move them you know what i mean so yeah i yep. think just general tidiness comes in the in the play a little bit more too yeah, of course. And I, you mentioned the clamp rack, and um, and I, and I said before, you know, look, when you when you're working away and you put your tape measure down, and all of a sudden you're looking for it everywhere. I mean, if you if you have a place where you put everything, you know where everything is, you know. And that's yeah. um, and I and I get a lot of that from watching um, a lot of the videos on YouTube. Yeah, it's, uh, there's been some interesting videos going around, Chris. Um, I sort of, I'm going to highlight a little bit on uh, Makers I Follow. Uh, I've been watching a fair bit of Scott Brown Carpentry, and um, he, he's got a fascinating approach to making uh, YouTube content. Um, but unfortunately, he's in Auckland, so they've, they've recently gone back into lockdown. And, um, you know, when that happens, he sort of, he does a little bit of reflecting or gives some tips and reviews on things. But... He's a professional carpenter, and um, you know he's got a he's got a really good outlook on a very positive outlook. So his channel is worth looking at. Um, <clears throat> but as I said, they're in lockdown again. And um, one of the remarkable channels I watch as well is uh, Make Things. Uh, the guy's name's Rob, and he recently made a a, a vertical scissor um, arm trolley. So what what he's done is he's like he's, he's put lighting. On a, on a railing system which he can move around into certain areas of his workshop and um, 
it's it's fascinating how he does it. He, he's a very intricate wood woodworker, but he, he works on the you know he sort of has a he doesn't have a limitless amount of tools, but he the jigs he makes it just they blow my mind. And um, and with those jigs he can then create something that is super functional for his uh, purposes. So. There, there are a couple of the videos I've been sort of getting interested in, and uh, the, yeah, really good viewing. Scott Brown Carpentry and and make things, so check them out. Okay, I will. Um, the the one that I I always go back to uh, Ainsley, that small fry small fry designs or small fry creations. Um, I, I love watching her work. She's just fantastic, and the stuff that she does. I think she's in Sydney. Um, and she does some really, really good work. Now, I've watched her videos over and over. You know, they, they're just that good. Um, and the other one that I've sort of been watching a lot of or I've seen a lot of lately was uh, Carl Pope. His last video, these or the, the series that he did on um, the TV stand, <clears throat> that yeah. was brilliant. That's right. I loved it. You know, the, he's, doing, he's done that wood-burning thing. I think it's called Sun Shuggy Bun or something along those lines. Yeah. That's turned out. That was fantastic. I, I, I love that. You know, he's, he's done a really, really good job on that. So they're the two two um, that I've been sort of looking at a lot, uh, Carl and uh, and Ainsley. So, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but look, there's so many people on on YouTube that you can watch. You know, and, and far too many to mention uh, in this um, in this uh, short segment. But um, I think as uh, uh, you're not you're not starved for um, for for looking at you know for, for finding stuff to watch on YouTube quality yeah yeah and and mm. hopefully we get some of these people and interview them in the future Chris so that's something to look Good forward on. to and I think next uh, next time around we we hopefully we can introduce uh, a potential interview uh, for our fourth episode hopefully mm. yeah. Yeah, we could do that. We can look up, uh, get someone to uh, jump on and and, uh, and have a chat with us. I think that'll be yeah. a, a good idea. I think that'll be a very, so thank very you. good idea. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for uh, checking out this channel. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and maybe share the uh, this channel around. And uh, we hopefully will we'll be putting this onto an audio podcast in the near future, and um, we'll let you all know about that. So uh, big thumbs up, and uh, Chris... Have a good week, relax, and we'll see you I'll on try. the next show. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you <laughs> on the next show, Dirk. No worries. Uh, have a good week. Don't uh, don't work too hard. Being a truckie, <laughs> you wouldn't be working right. too hard. Wait till I see you again. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, mate. I'll catch you next uh, next episode, and uh, with that, I'll say bye for now. Hooray.